Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Refuge, presented by the Jesuit Refugee Service of Canada. I'm Yves Deschaines. With me today, the country director of the service, Norbert Pichet. Hello, Norbert. Good morning. And also our Jesuit colleague, Marc-André Vizelovsky, outreach worker here at the service. Marc-André, hi. Hello, Eve. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? Very well. Very Great. Well. So, welcome. Today, after a short press uh, review, Norbert will share with us his comment about the actual debate around the program for the status of migrants and refugees. Yes. All right. And... Uh, This, uh, this presentation will guide us to a little introduction of the advocacy program here at GRS Canada. All right, now let's start with our uh, press review. Some articles uh, we choose to share with you. So, Marc-André. Yeah, so we have three points to share with you all today on uh, migrant and refugee news. First off, Pope Francis uh, wrote a letter to Jesuit Refugee Service in honor of our 40th anniversary. Yeah. So JRS has been around for 40 years. In the letter, he uh, underlined the great inspiration of Pedro Arupe, mm. uh, his inspiration to begin this work with refugees of the Society of Jesus. Without it, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And I quote also from Pope Francis in the letter. He says, Nowadays, too many people in the world are forced to cling to barges in an attempt to seek refuge from the viruses of oh. injustice, violence, and war. So we see here that really um, there's not just the coronavirus out there. There's all these vi viruses that we shouldn't forget during this time of pandemic. Yeah, exactly. And I think it'll increase with climate change. Oh, yeah. Yes, for sure. This uh, All the more reason to respond. Yes. So, hey, probably Pope Francis also say to JRS around the world, continue the good work. <laughs> for sure, for sure. He wants us to continue as so long as there are refugees on this earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so now Toronto. I think. Yes, in Toronto, uh, a study was done that found that racialized and immigrant communities are the ones hardest hit by the housing crisis. So a study found within racialized communities in most neighborhoods in Toronto that over 46% experience overcrowding in their housing situation. And this is in stark contrast to the non-racialized communities in the same neighborhoods of whom 25% or less experience overcrowding. So no wonder racialized and immigrant communities are worst hit during this pandemic if about over 46% of them in Toronto are, ex are overcrowded in their housing situation. Wow. So uh, the arrival when the refugees are finally here in Canada, the, the journey has not stopped. It, no. it still continues. No, there are still challenges and there are still great uh, things that we've got, to, uh, we've got to do in order to make their situation better. That's for sure. All right, maybe uh, a good news. Yeah, uh, a nice news. story from Saskatoon. I yeah, think. so a happier story here. In Saskatoon, Fulgens Dagajimana and Eric James have already raised $30,000 to sponsor a wow. refugee family uh, to Canada. And the neat thing about this story is that Eric James, when he was only 12 years old, 
signed a petition to get Fulgence out of prison in Burundi and sponsored to Canada. And now that Fulgence is here five years <coughs> later when Eric is 17, they're working together to sponsor refugees to continue this work and to continue the legacy of helping those in dire need by bringing them to Canada. Oh, that's great. Wow. So the first, first time when the, 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 the young boy he was 12 years old. He was 12 when he signed the petition. Now he's 17, still a teenager, uh, and working with Fulgence, the one who came to Canada to bring more Africans to Canada. Wow. That's, That's amazing. Great. Yeah. 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 It's right. a good news story. Uh, it's like paying it forward and uh, continuing the, the good work. That's great. Uh, exactly. Very much All right. So. That's it for our press review. Marc Andre, thank you. Thank you, Yves. All right, it's time now for uh, the comment from Norbert. So it's your turn, Norbert. Thanks, Yves. Yeah, this is in response to this whole situation of the what we call the guardian angels here, specifically in Quebec. Yeah. So where do we draw the line? This is the question that the premier of Quebec, François Legault, asked himself regarding the program for granting permanent residence to people with precarious status who worked as essential workers during the first wave of the pandemic. And so these were called the guardian angels. A rhetorical question, actually, because he already had an answer. It was also a question to challenge anyone who dares to be too generous. To draw a line is like building a wall. Once you draw your line, just like when you build a wall, there are two sides. That line, just like the wall built, is designed to separate. Some will be on the right side of the line wall, and some will not. And in this particular case of workers deemed essential, there are some who will not benefit from the program to regularize their immigration status. Some people will say that a line is needed they are cheaters or illegals who didn't follow the rules like everyone else. That's what you hear. Louise Arbour, former special representative for migration of the Secretary General of the United Nations, clearly explains that this is not at all the case in the article that appeared in La Presse a few days ago. And she also reiterated that same idea on the show, the popular show here in Quebec called Tout le monde en parle. Yeah. Um, there, there are all sorts of reasons why someone ends up here with a precarious status, she said. Uh, in, the, in the vast majority of cases, they are very good reasons. All the more so since, according to her, we should also accept them since it is in our interest to do so Economically speaking, it's, it's very much in our interest. So we talk about the humanitarian side, but also uh, the economic side. These people work at jobs that no one in Quebec wants to do. Picking our fruits and vegetables, taking care of our elderly, working in slaughterhouses, etc. But because of our strong belief that everyone should be treated equally, we decide that people with precarious status do not deserve to receive Canadian permanent residence. 
What happened to doing something simply because it is the right thing to do? Let me tell you a little story related to this theme. There was a parent of three children who, one Friday night, told them, If you help me in the yard on Saturday, on Sunday we'll go out together. The next morning, around 9 a.m., the first of her children showed up and started working with her mother. Around 11 a.m., the second one shows up and does the same. Around 3 p.m., the last one shows up and everyone continues working until 5 p.m. On Sunday morning, the mother invites her three children to participate in the outing. The first one does not think it is fair that she receives the same reward as the other two who had worked fewer hours. The mother replied, I didn't take anything away from you. I said we would go on an outing together if you came to help me. I did not say we had to be there all day. I knew very well that your sisters had other things to do before they came to help me. Listening to this story, are you one of those who think that the mother is unjust? Should she have reward, rewarded the first child more based on the fact that she worked more hours than the other two? It is not easy to get out of this notion of equality at all costs. We want to treat everyone equally, but in doing so, we forget the human being in all this. In the end, we forget our humanity. The right thing to do, the human thing to do, is to regularize the status of all those people with a precarious status. If we learn but one lesson from this pandemic, let it be this. We are all brothers and sisters in this beautiful human family. Thank you very much, Norbert. Thank you, Norbert. That was beautiful. This question of no one was be forgotten. It's our campaign, maybe our annual campaign, mm. the campaign of 2020. Um, we took part of manifestation about that, and uh, it, it's a uh, it's a main question for us, and also for all the uh, the all the refugee uh, the, all the organizations working in defending the rights of refugees um, and in the Jesuit network uh, we we share the same quest if i may a little quotation from the Jesuit conference of canada and the united states we are committed to building a culture of, of uh, hospitality and solidarity with migrants, refugees, and asylum seekers. Our advocacy efforts promote compassionate and humane policies that honor the inherent dignity of every person. Maybe, like you said, never, never forget that behind each situation, it's each story there's a human person that's right yeah exactly I, I think that's the key thing in all this is to always remember that 
there are human beings behind those numbers. Um, and to, to remember that uh, is to um, say that we are in solidarity with them. We, we all are always there with them. We will accompany them. And I think that's the most important thing in all this is to, to always be mindful of that fact that we need to be present to these people. Exactly. This message for people maybe like us, like you who are watching or listening our podcast, uh, it's not difficult to have your approval about uh, this message, this campaign, but it's maybe a little bit tougher with our neighbors, our friends, our family members. We have to share this message with our neighbors and friends. A recent poll showed that 40% of respondents in Canada want to reduce permanent immigration numbers. We need to explain to our friends and families that migrants are an essential part of the fabric of communities and reducing immigration means reducing rights for our friends and neighbors. Macandre, a part of your work here at GRS is the advocacy. Mm -hmm. um, how can we approach our friend, our neighbor, with, uh, to uh, tell them a little bit more about this situation of our refugee, about the essential workers? What I would say is if a friend or neighbor, someone you know, maybe raises a, an issue about, about immigrants and refugees in, in the negative, you might want to say, well, where does that come from? Do you, do you actually know a, a refugee? Do you know what they go through? Or is this just information that maybe you read on the internet or uh, was just sort of impersonal kind of facts that you, you looked up? Uh, that's more of a reaction if someone kind of says something like that. Uh, but for ourselves, it's to familiarize really ourselves with what is it like to be a refugee, to know others who've gone through that situation. Um, you know, I can talk personally, my father uh, was a refugee. He came from uh, communist Czechoslovakia to Canada in the late 1970s. Um, so I kind of have that experience in mind, but if you don't, know that kind of experience, we don't know someone who has had that experience, uh, it's good to seek it out and then start from there. Um, the witness and to realize the humanity of these people who are going through extreme, extreme struggles will help you to, to change your own, your own opinion, but also to help you to help others to know that everyone must be included and no one must be forgotten. Thank you for sharing that, Macaulay. Um, we have big goals. <laughs> There's a lot to do. And we, have, we are a little team here at JRS Canada. So we need to work in solidarity with many other organizations. Probably in the next podcast, we'll have the chance to present you uh, some of these uh, organizations. Within, uh, we are in, uh, engaged also uh, in many, uh, many, many subjects. 
But maybe we'll talk, we can talk about uh, CCR, the Canadian Council for Refugees. CCR, so the Canadian Council for Refugees is an umbrella uh, organization that groups all the NGOs, charitable organizations that work with refugees in Canada. It's a great initiative to combine and make our efforts collective across the country when we need to present uh, our position to the government, when policy needs to be changed for uh, issues, for information sharing across the country so that we have updated information on what refugees and migrants are going through. It's got a rock star director. Uh, her name is Janet Dench, um, who's had a lot of experience in uh, refugee law in going to uh, the IRCC, Immigration Refugee uh, Citizenship Canada, and presenting the position and the reality of, of migrants, especially refugees, who are in precarious situations to the government for policy change. We meet regularly, and yeah, it's a great way to, to network and to make uh, efforts collective. Great. Yeah, and what, and, and what makes the uh, CCR um so i think great uh is the the participation of the member organizations um <clears throat> the ccr when they do do their uh, advocacy work they base it on the activities of the member organizations if if they need some information uh, about What's going on on the ground? Mm -hmm. Well, they go to their member organizations and say, we, we need some concrete uh, things, uh, what's going on on the ground so yeah. that we can go and do that advocacy to the, uh, to the government. So I think that's one of the great things uh, about the CCR is that the members, the member organizations are really part and parcel of this. And finally, maybe we can add that for many years, CCR, the Canadian Council for Refugees, uh, took the lead about uh, for, uh, for uh, uh, representation uh, with the, the federal government for some laws, important laws about uh, uh, refugees and uh, immigration. Uh, <laughs> the lead from some law, ca law cases. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, At court, yes. Actually, there are some uh, important also. Yeah. So uh, they're they're one of the leader. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's and there's several cases uh, that could be talked about, and the latest one is the uh, let's say third country agreement, yeah, uh, which was struck down, but it's <laughs> it's being appealed right now by the government. All right, so. Maybe one day we'll uh, have the chance to talk with Janet. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Cross fingers. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, at the end of this podcast, I, I want to invite you to uh, uh, to take a look at our website, canada.jrs.net. Follow, watch, <laughs> see, and, and follow us on our Facebook page. Uh, there's a way to you to uh, have some informations to uh, make your uh, your idea about those themes we can uh, present to you, uh, like the one uh, we talked about uh, this morning. 
uh, or today, depending at the time you're watching or listening this podcast. And um, you can also take a look at CCR uh, website if you want to. But inform yourself. I think it's a nice way to begin. What do you think, Macandre, about that? For sure, yeah. Look up on our website. You know, look at the news, but also try and find find people who really are refugees in your local community and yeah. see uh, see what they are going through. Norbert, a final word? No, I think uh, the, the the best way uh, is is like we like Marc Andre just said in terms of accompanying refugees, getting to know refugees. Uh, that's uh, the first thing to do. Yeah. All right, let's meet them. And after meet them, we'll know them a little bit better. Yeah. We can what what is the exactly the quotation from Pope Francis? You can know you can say you know someone if you haven't met him or it's yeah. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right, on this word, I'm Yves Deschain for Marc Andre Veselovsky and Norbert Pichet. Have a nice day where you are. And see you again on Refuge, the podcast. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs>